Hey, before we get started, I want to thank our listeners. Our show has grown tremendously. And I want to thank our partner, Building Beyond Me. They've done so much for this show, and their motto is believe in being better, standing together, and learning forever with your community. Building Beyond Me is a place where people share their stories. They connect through past experiences and really bring us all together. And I want to thank our sponsor, New Creation Treatment Center, that works hard every day to help those that are struggling with substance abuse. And I can attest firsthand their compassion. Why? I work there a little bit. I facilitate some groups every week. They have all levels of care, and they do good work. And for anybody that wants to be a sponsor and support for this show, please go to our website and click on Sponsor. Uh, You can make a one-time donation or monthly. We will highlight you on our website and mention you on our shows. Building Beyond Me is a 501c3 nonprofit, which is where your donations will actually go. And this means that you can most likely write them off in your taxes. We can also bring you on your show if you got a story to tell and a great message of hope. We would love to hear it. Now, since our main goal is to help those suffering, we're going to verify your organization. We confirm its quality because we're not going to promote something that we don't believe in. We promote organizations that we believe hold great integrity, good morals, and services that really promote healing and to empower your clients. You can reach out to me personally also at emccoy at highwallclean.org. Okay. One of the greatest things that I like about doing this podcast are the people I get to meet. Great stories, tremendous fighters. And we're going to meet today, Kim Bellis that has an organization with a very cool name, and I think it fits nicely with our name. Sober is the new cool. We'll be right back. Eric McCoy, and I am with High Wall Clean. Let's get high. This show has had guests from many places in the world, and today we're actually going to Canada. And I want to ask my listeners, have you ever been to Canada, eh? <laughs> I just wanted to say that. <laughs> well, in the United <laughs> States, and I did a little research on this, that the latest statistics I could find was at about 60% of U.S. adults drink alcohol. Now, the best I could find is I did a little research around 80% of Canadians drink. 
and their drinking age is 18 or 19, I believe, depending on where in Canada. And drinking, according to the World Health Organization, drinks in Canada more per person than the national average. (laughs) And so we have a guest today who I believe fits well with us. The question, what is cool? Well, when I was young, drinking and drugs were sold as cool. But as my life evolved, I sort of had to reevaluate what is cool. And I always honestly could wish that I could sort of hand over my knowledge to those who believe this and to actually show them. You know, many friends dying from either overdose or uh, some had heart attacks directly related to meth use. You know, family going to sleep so drunk they never woke up. Not cool. Myself getting arrested 10 times in my life, getting knocked out, causing an AVM or also known as a lesion in my brain while drunk, having multiple seizures with one while driving 70 miles an hour down the freeway, multiple head injuries. My last guest who took ecstasy for the first time was in a coma for two months, had multiple strokes, and now has permanent damage that uh, affects her speech, her balance, and actually she started having seizures. Not cool. And I started this show because I always found those people who were determined to convince themselves that life is going to suck sober. No fun, no pleasure. Well, as I've said before, highness is not a property of drugs, but a property of people. You don't get high on drugs. You get high on things that we possess. God gave us this ability to get high getting high clean, no side effects. You don't have to kick, go through withdrawals, deal with major depression when you run out. You get to achieve your goals, your dreams, your visions, your passions. You, you, know, you can find true excitement in life. That is cool. And my guest today is Kim Bellis, who is the founder of Sober is the New Cool. And I couldn't agree more. And I'm actually going to combine our name briefly to High While Sober because it's the new cool. (laughs) And so many things sobriety brings us is cool, healthy relationships, fun, success, happiness, and that list can actually go on and on. Kim, I want to thank you for gifting us with your presence today. How are you? I'm great. And thank you. Thank you for having me as a guest. Absolutely. You know, we spoke briefly before and I, I sort of cut you off because I didn't want to get too much information since my listeners and I both want to learn together. At least that's the way I see it. <laughs> and uh, the little bit I do know. And again, I want to do this saying it just because you're from Canada. You started this to help your son, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely right. That's exactly where my story started in 2013. Um, My son got sick. He started having grommel seizures. He was an avid football player, like any normal 13-year-old kid that just was high on life, high on sports. And from one day to the next, life changed. So he had to get, uh, once he got diagnosed, we realized he had to be on medicine the rest of his life. And there's just no way that booze and medicine are going to work. So um, that was just the way our life was going to be. And after he started getting better and not having seizures, 
I said to him, you've got to get back out, be with your buddies, have some fun. And he'd call me and make me come and get him half an hour after he'd get there. And uh, naturally, after a few times, I said to him, what are you doing? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. this isn't, you don't need booze to have fun. And he said, mom, I don't fit in. Everybody's drinking. And then I said, no, no, you really don't need alcohol to have fun. And as I said it, I thought I had a huge glass of wine in my hand. And I thought, wow, you are a hypocrite. (laughs) So at that moment, I don't know why, I just decided to say to him, okay, I'm going to quit drinking for three months and support you and show you that, yes, in fact, life goes on and I can go out and have fun. And it was nine years, uh, two weeks ago that I am sober and I've never touched another drop. And so he's got about the same time sober then, right? Well, he really never had an issue with, no, because at the beginning, trust me, after he stopped having seizures, we, I think we were about two years seizure free. And naturally he went to a party, asked me, could I go mom? I said, sure. And he went with my older son. So I thought we were kind of in a safe uh, zone. Uh, needless to say, uh, it turned quite bad quite quickly. We ended up in a hospital, back uh, in an ambulance, back to the hospital. So drinking and his medication do not work. So uh, we had a few of those, I have to say, at the beginning. Um, just being a 15, and like you said, in Canada, people start drinking, the legal drinking age here is 18. So naturally, they start much earlier. And um, so now I would say he's, Definitely. Uh, He's just four years seizure free uh, last week. He's probably, I would say, six years without booze. Like, I mean, he just doesn't even have an interest because his life is just, you know, he can't drive. He can't do anything if he has seizures. So, you know, this is the choice we we have to make. And he realizes that, you know, Sober's the New Cool started for him. And what's come out of it is this huge movement of people that needed to know that one, they had no shame in not drinking and not have to explain. And like in his case, it's not an addiction to alcohol. It's a health reason. But for me, I realized that I was drinking too much. And this is the biggest gift I've given myself. So here we are. Yeah. And I think I asked you before, and I, again, is he epileptic or is that? Yes. Okay. So he, and so he was diagnosed fairly young then. Yeah. 13. 13. Okay. Yeah. So we, it was a rocky road, you know, like it was just, and I mean, come on, let's face it. I know how many people said to me, oh, you never had a problem. It's okay. Nobody's going to know. Just come over here and have a cocktail with you know, I won't tell. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I promised my son something. How can I do that? For him, it, 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 you know, it was definitely hard. And it still is, I find, with, you know, different um, social, or you know, parties and things. He'll stay for a bit. But, and I too, I, I'm one of the first ones always to leave. I don't stay till two o'clock in the morning or whatever anymore. Mm-hmm. And life goes on and we get up and we remember everything that happened. We don't miss any memory and we're in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, the, nobody will know, right? I, you know, I teach yeah. self-esteem a lot, um, you know, with clients and, and we always come across that topic. And I always tell people that if you ever have that thought, only I will know don't do it. Right. Because the reality is, is that 
your, you know, the, your judgment of yourself should matter more than judgment of other people. And so if we're ever doing something with that idea, nobody's going to know the worst person does. Absolutely. Us. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would, I would have really hated myself because I would have felt like I wasn't also just letting myself down. I was letting him down and that would have killed me that in itself, you know? Yeah. And I love the name. Like I was saying kind of in the beginning, I just, I love the name because it really is. I mean, sober is the cool, I mean, getting loaded, you know, I mean, I had years of experience of substance abuse, including alcohol. I mean, I was definitely one that whatever you got, I'll do everything behind it. Nothing was cool. You know, alcohol puking, you know, waking up half naked in the front of an apartment complex, (laughs) you know, getting knocked out, getting arrested. I mean, none of that was cool. And I mean, really drunk doesn't look good on anybody. I don't care who you are, even if it's once a year, it doesn't look good, right? It just doesn't look good. So it looks ugly. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I think that, you know, the misconception I had was when I was drinking, I thought I was, you know, able to communicate better. I was, you know, funnier. I could dance. I could do this. I could do that. And I got to tell you, I'm much more fun now than I ever was when I was drinking. Mm -hmm. And so it's a huge lesson for me, even though was I an alcoholic? I don't know. We have problems with alcohol in our family. So I definitely have that in my genes. Do I want to have another drink? Absolutely not. Never, ever. Not today. Not tomorrow. Never again. It's just not an option for me. Yeah. I mean, defining whether you have a problem is up to you. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you could, you know, I mean, like we can take, okay, the DSM five and define people's substance use disorder, mild, moderate, severe. But I don't think any of that matters. If you say it was a problem, then it's a problem. (laughs) And, And quite honestly, the fact that I feel I felt so much better in the first three months. I'm not going to say it was easy. It was not easy. I didn't go to restaurants. I didn't go to parties for the first year. I really didn't. I, I stayed very quiet. But I mean, I had more energy. I was sleeping better. And having a child that's sick, you know, my anxiety was high enough without the hangover, you know? So that was a, a blessing in itself, you know, yeah. the fact that I, I quit drinking. Yeah. Yeah, it goes to that question. I mean, what you know, how how good of a mother can you be when you're drinking? And a lot of times we miss things, you know. We oh yeah, sort of out of it. We disconnected. We're not communicating great. Like I said, I love the name and and uh, and so apparently you're telling me that. I mean, you've really kind of blossomed as a as a. Well, yes, because when we started Sober is the New Cool, I, you know, I went to get, you know, a trademark, which just, you know, the last few years has been, you know, in the US, in Canada and Europe, we have it, you know, securely passed away. And, but everybody told me you cannot say sober and cool in the same sentence. It's just not going to work. This is not, this is like, oh, it's a cute little phrase, but nobody's going to catch on. And you know what? It has. And yeah. Now we're going to become a charity. We're just waiting for the final stamp of approval and just to help as many people as we can, because um, quite honestly, listen, when my kid, when I was young, I used to drink and drive 
and uh, most people did. My kids do not drink and drive. So I knew there was a way that things were changing. And I, I have to say, I really think the younger generation, I had someone at Christmas time that said they had decided to become sober and they were 72 days sober. And my kids, the cousins, the, the young ones, like under 30, were, went crazy. That's fantastic. You're not going to have brain fog. You should have heard the words they were using. It was like, that was the best Christmas gift you could ever get. Listening to kids think it was cool, right? Mm -hmm. And it is like having, you know, all your thoughts together. And listen, if you can have a drink or two and not have a problem, I'm all for it. But this is my slice of heaven. And, you know, if somebody needs it, hey, you know, we're here and there's a lot of us. (laughs) And we're quite fun, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I, I'm kind of on the same page that I don't really think, uh, you know, it's my place to tell people not to drink or not to do drugs. I mean, that's yeah. something up to them, you know? Yeah. And I, and again, I even said drugs too, because I mean, it is, it's people's choices, you know, that they make. Um, sadly, I can say that in a lot of cases, it's going to get ugly, you know, for, for people that do things strictly for the self and or the drug and or alcohol induced pleasure, you know? Well, don't you think, though, that, I, I mean, in my experience, I find all the people I help, it really comes down to a, a lack of self-esteem or some kind of sadness that they're, it, the booze and the drugs are just covering it up. Yeah. And once they start to remember, you know what, they are worthy and they are, you know, they should have a good life. And there's so many good things, you know, and the past is the past. And I'm not saying they shouldn't take responsibility for what they did, but we can't change it. So move forward, help other people, mm-hmm. be good, you know, you know, help somebody else on their journey, whatever it is, and just be kind. And I, I can't see that not helping this world be a better place. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, and I think you're right on track because the people that, you know, typically are able to drink responsibly, you know, are people that have their shit together, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, you know, it's the people that. Um, you know, have low self-esteem or, yeah, like you said, have the pain, have depression, have anxiety, you know, um, aren't comfortable with their feelings, you know, have too much stress in life and don't know how to uh, solve problems and just let stuff stack up. Those are the ones that are going to typically overconsume, you know, just because I I don't want to feel, you know. Yeah. And they just need to, I think a lot of times, a lot of people are lonely, especially now with COVID is even more so, but I think a lot of people are lonely. They, they don't feel like they're deserving of anything good. So it's just kind of like that screw it attitude, you know, like, and, and honestly, I, I, I mean, I saw it with my son being so young, all the kids that are on this ADHD medicine and ADD medicine, and they're drinking booze with it. I mean, don't ask yourself why they're depressed. And mental health and booze, are, this, this addiction and mental health are going hand in hand. You, you're not supposed yeah. to drink with that medicine. And no. the kids are all doing it, right? They, yeah. So it's got to stop because, you know, I think that right now it's, um, you know, the depression and the anxiety and the suicidal rates. And, you know, like you say, people not waking up. We have to stop it somehow. And mm-hmm. we, we, you know. I don't know what the answer is, but I think if you check in with somebody every day, whether you sit there and you don't talk or you hold their hand or you 
listen and let them cry or whatever it is they need, sports, whatever. If everybody could just do that with one person that's yeah. going through some sort of addiction or mental health, I think, I think we'd be a, a lot better off. We would. And the problem being is that we live in a society that hates them. Yeah. hate substance abusers. We hate drug abusers. We hate, you know, I mean that, and that's, I mean, part of my fight is that stigma of substance abuse, you know, that these aren't bad people. They do bad things. Now I will agree yeah. with that. You know, I mean, you know, definitely they do bad things, but that doesn't make them bad people. And I, I impress upon everybody I work with that, you know, and I, and I see this, these are good people. These are smart people. You know, these are people that haven't figured out how to deal with life in, <laughs> in responsible ways, but they're genuinely good people. You're right. Until it's your kid or your sister or your brother oh. or your, your, your cousin that's yeah. in that boat, then you realize, wow, no, 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 it's, they're not bad people. They just made a wrong turn or yeah. they need help or, you know, listen, a lot of people drink and don't get drunk. So you know, if you have an addictive personality or you get hooked on pills or whatever it is, mm -hmm. until it's your, in your backyard, all of a sudden your, your attitude changes quite quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. We had a, in Orange County here, we had a district attorney who was Tony Rakakis for a lot of years, who was the drug offenders. Let's lock them up. Let's throw away the key, you know, long-term prison terms, as long as they could get until his son became an addict and went to prison. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, we better do something. We got to help these people, you know, and that's true. I mean, that's exactly what we see. And that irritates me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you're right. Until it's, it's somebody's son or somebody's family member, they mm -hmm. don't, you know, and my whole point is if your son or daughter or husband or anyone you knew was suffering with cancer, or a heart attack, heart, you know, heart issues, or whatever, diabetes, you would go and say, who's your doctor? How can you help? Do you know anyone that can help my, my, per my friend, my this, my that? And when it comes to alcohol and drugs and, and mental health, it's like this shame and like nobody mm -hmm. wants to talk about it. And when you mm -hmm. do, it's like, oh, you're talking about it. Like when I talk about it, I talk about it like I'm talking about the sky and people just go, wow, like, and I said, well, how could my son not have been depressed? Everything was taken away from him. You know, he couldn't ride a bicycle at 13. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't make sense. And of course he was going to make mistakes. And he did. And, you know, we suffered the consequences. And now he realizes if he drinks, you know, the car will be gone. Everything will be gone because he'll have a seizure. And just by law right away, that goes, right? It's not even you have to get caught by the police. Right. So, uh you know, now, now is the does he stop taking his meds or is it just not effective? No, They're just he, not effective. Well, it, it won't. It, no, they don't work. They don't okay. work. You know, so he has no choice. He <laughs> takes pills in the morning and at night. And as far as they're concerned, it'll probably be lifelong. So sure. it's and and you know what? Quite honestly, now he's he's not really affected by it. Like not having to drink, he doesn't like being around that when people get uh, a little intoxicated and start talking too loud or, or acting weird, I think that makes him quite uncomfortable. And he is only just 24. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, 
you know, it's not easy, you know, but he's, he's coming along and, you know, he's starting to help people. He's done a few podcasts and some of his football buddies sent him um, some notes saying they were either three years off drugs or were suffering with drug problems. And it was there a way he could help or I could help and what could we do? So, you know what, that's really good because if he helps somebody, it's going to help him heal. Right. I think, I think some people would be surprised how many people have a substance abuse problem. Oh, oh yes. You know, like your next door neighbor, probably. And then, <laughs> you know, cause it is, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously when people use, it's very secretive, you know, we don't want people to know. No, at, at, you must have people when they contact you say most people, you know, don't think that they have a problem or they hide the bottles yeah. or, you know, yeah, they get drunk at the party or they drink, you know, a few nights a week, but it's ongoing. They get up in the morning, they have booze, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. um, it, it's like you say, it's much more in our, you know, hidden than we really know. Yeah. And bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's the, killing people. It's killing people. The death rate is just unbelievable. You know, I mean, you know, the United States, I mean, we're having the huge overdose, you know, um, I think last year we had 97,000 people that died of overdose, something like that. But then alcohol is even worse, you know? Yeah. I mean, alcohol is closer to 98, 99,000 um, that die of alcohol related something every year, too. Alcohol is actually, I think, by far the most dangerous drug out there. Well, listen, people can get it anywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, you could get it at the grocery store, you can get it at a convenience store, you can get it. At a yeah. liquor store, like I mean, yeah. you and know. it's acceptable. <laughs> yeah, and like we, we encourage it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like people say to me, "You don't drink? Oh my god, your life must be so boring." And yeah. I think, "Oh my god, yeah. you have no idea. You have no idea how much fun I'm having just yeah. listening to this, right?" Yeah, you know. That's what I try to convince you know people of all the time. Life is fantastic sober. You know, I get high every day, yeah. but I do it differently. Exactly. Yeah. And you remember everything. I Imagine do. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I went to, you so, know, one of the, one of the greatest things, you know, um, and a lot of people find this, you know, when they get newly sober, they get worried that, oh God, I'm not going to be able to do the things that I used to do. Right. But truthfulness is that it's about learning to live in a world where it's at, not have to do it ourselves. And it, and then it's not about hiding from the world. You know, I was, you know, I don't know if you ever heard any of my stuff, but you know, one of my favorite bands of all time was the Grateful Dead. Right. So in the early nineties, you know, of course, running around doing uh, lots of drugs, (laughs) you know, doing all that stuff. And, and when, um, 2000, 2015, um, you know, I'd never really seen a dead show sober, (laughs) And 2015, they did the uh, 50-year anniversary of the Grateful Dead, and it was almost 25, I think, years ago to the day that, or 20 years ago to the day that Jerry died, right? And um, so I went to it, and I got to go to it, you know? And uh, my wife and I went the greatest time, you know? I was clean and sober. I remember it, you know? And uh, and it's just so much it's so much more real, you know, when, when you're doing it clean and sober. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, like people are 
starting, I'm, I'm happy to see these, you know, sober October, dry January. Now people are talking about dry February. And, you know, if nothing else, just to be uh, in better health, you know, because let's face it, it's, you know, as you get older, we all get little things that go wrong. So we don't need to age <laughs> quicker than we have to, right? Because life is precious. So, um, you know, that's kind of nice that it's, uh, but I do, I, the few people that did contact me in, in January were afraid of what it was going to be like without booze. Like that was a huge concern. And right there, you know, they have a problem if they're afraid to let it go for 30 days. Like, mm -hmm. right. And I said, well, yeah. just do it one, one minute at a time, one day at a time. Just keep going. Try it. You have nothing yeah. to lose. It's a journey. <laughs> That's what I always do too. It's like, it's an exciting journey that we get to go on, you know, and yeah. you get to and figure it out. And that brain fog, not having that brain fog. Oh, my God. I mean, to me, that's like huge. That, you know, what I say last night, what I do, who'd I text, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, staying out too late, not feeling good, not exercising, you know, eating too much the next day. It was just like a, a vicious circle for me, for me, mm -hmm. definitely, you know, vicious circle. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us find that it's just you lose time too. I mean, that's the, oh. the thing, you know, it's like time just goes and it's gone and, and you never get it back. Um, and that's another thing that I just love about recovery is you get to enjoy each moment, you know, enjoy the time. Yeah. You're not passing out, you know, drunk and waking up, you know, again the next day and have no idea what you did sometimes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> And, 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 you know, the other thing, too, you know, the fact that, you know, I think you and I are helping people by talking about it and making it normal. You know, yeah. I think it's got to become normal to talk mm -hmm. about this and, you know, um, enjoy your life. Because trust me, I have enjoyed my life much more in the last 10 years or nine years than and I had a good life before that, I would have to mm -hmm. say, you know, I, I, I was pretty happy. But I really think that the people I've met now, the substance of who they are, they're great people, they're creative, they're smart, they're funny. You know, I mean, I could name a million qualities that they have, and they're honest, and they're authentic, and they own, you know, who they are, and, you know, the problems they have, and, you know, what they need to work on. And, and you know, and I think that they really are willing to help others. And that's what I'm hoping, if I help someone Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 61. I figure I'm kind of like on my way that way, you know, as opposed to. So the uh, young ones have to take, yeah. our, take our, our, you know, uh, take the rain at one point. So if we can help them, they're going to do it for someone else, right? Mm -hmm. we, we stay young, though. Yes, absolutely. Well, <laughs> especially I up here, you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also, too, not drinking for me. Um, I'm more open to try different things now, you know, like I never, you know, more yoga or meditation or whatever somebody tells me that could be good for me mentally, spiritually, you know, healthy for my health. I'm, I'm more open now. And I do have more time because when you're drinking, uh, you're sitting down a lot and you're eating a lot and you're not moving a lot, are you? No, you're not. You're not really doing anything. <laughs> no, that's that's no. the whole problem is that, you know, we... 
you got a whole lot, you know, the, you know, meth was my drug of choice. And, you know, this was always the epitome of it. It's like, you start a thousand things, you finish none. I always got things to do, but what am I really doing? Nothing, <laughs> you know, and you really never get anywhere in life. I mean, that, that to me, again, the cool part is that I can achieve my goals today. You know, I can finish things that I start. I mean, this show for me has just been the greatest thing in the world because, you know, I, I meet so many great people that have so many, so such cool stories and they all find being clean and sober. Cool. I mean, you know, that's really yeah. the good things happen. Good yeah. things happen. And, was, you know. and with our internet too, we're so lucky. Like I have, I never, mm -hmm. I had two sons and I'm happy yeah. to have two sons. I never had any daughters. And I feel like I have daughters all over the world now. Yeah. I have one. Uh, her name is Natty, uh, a.k.a. Sober Badger. And she's from London, England. And she asked me to do a tattoo. And I thought, oh, I'm so ribbons and bows. I'm not a tattoo kind of girl. But you know what? I said, if that's what she needs to be, to feel that she matters, off we went on WhatsApp. Her in London, me in Montreal, we did a tattoo, matching tattoo with an infinity sign. And here it is. So the white heart is for me. Oh, the white heart is for me and the pink heart is for her. So she knows she's never alone. And I know, you know, she's much younger than I am. And I know that she will help many, many young girls. And then, you know, I have other girls that are like nurses that are like helping other people that were addicted and, you know, uh, in comas and whatever and whatnot and are young and they're, they're coming out of and being full recovery and they're wonderful human beings and they're living their lives and they're, you know, really, really happy and healthy and, and, and helping others. So yeah. it's a, it's a good, it's just a good thing we're doing, I think. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it is cool. We get to meet people all over, all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 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 you, you feel like you know them, right? It's like yeah. you start talking to somebody and it's like, wow, you just like there's a connection somehow yeah. right away. You well, know? it's like who we connected with, Lona. You yes. know, Lona, I mean, we do we do an entire show, Walk a Mile in My Shoes, you know, which is I feel Lona is a great friend of mine. Never met him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never met him face to face, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And it was me too. When, when I started, you know, when I met him, I thought it's like, it was like, there was this instant connection and these young girls in London, they have a thing called be sober dot CIC and they have sober brunches. Like on last Sunday, they had 565 different women and men meeting in different pubs or um, restaurants or parks doing sober stuff. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible you know, what's going on. So mm -hmm. I think we're, we're on our way. Finally. Yeah. Sober in bars. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, with the mocktail thing and whatever, you know, and you know, once people start drinking anyways, they don't even realize you're not drinking quite honestly. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's funny to me because people like are almost embarrassed to say sometimes they don't drink. I don't really quite get that tell you the truth because to me it's like i'm proud i don't you know yeah, yeah. i mean i go you know you go to a restaurant the first question would you like a glass of wine you know yeah. no i don't drink you know and sometimes you get a really you know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't drink you know no. what's the problem 
<laughs> yeah. And I've, I've had people like I have a hoodie that I, I have and we sell and uh, I wear it outside and people have said, oh, you're one of those. And I go, yep, I am. And I just like smile, my big smile. And I just keep walking because I figured, yeah, you know, maybe, buddy, you should try it. You might be surprised how good life could be. And it's, it's interesting. I just, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. And, and a lot of people just settle. I mean, they just like, Oh, this is just what it is. I just settle, you know, for things, even with jobs. I mean, I tell people that all the time. If you got a job that you're just kind of settling, you know, look for something bigger. Yeah. And something that you love, right. Something yeah. that you love. And I think a lot of people with the booze, you know, I, uh, there is a, it becomes a habit. I know with myself, for sure, you know, 4.30, as soon as it goes, finished homework with the kids, that mom culture club thing, you know, was huge for me for many years. And really now I think about it and go, what was I thinking? Like, geez, it's like, you know, you're making dinner and you're, you're opening the bottle of wine after you've had a martini and like, oh, like, you know, mm-hmm. so... I'm not, uh, I'm, I, I don't regret for one minute not drinking it now. Yeah. So let me ask you a question on Sober's a New Cool. What is it uh, you guys specifically do? Well, basically people just find us either on Facebook or uh, Instagram or whatever. And, and I'm quite honored that they share their stories with me, mm. whether they want to stop drinking or, you know, they're lonely or, or they're in drugs or whatever it is that mental health. And I basically find other people for them to connect with. I could be, you know, some people do AA. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to yeah. do AA. Sure. So I, I'm not, I'm like a zero judgment kind of person. Yeah. They can call me, they can text me. I'm always here. I, I do this thing called the I am exercise. I ask them to put their hand on their heart and repeat after me different positive affirmations. Mm. And so then I started saying, okay, I'm going to send them to you in the morning and at night via text message. So it's the first thing you see when you open your eyes and you wake up. And it'll be the last thing hopefully you see before you go to sleep. And then I decided, okay, that was work. Because most people said, oh, I said, okay. And then you have to start sending me backwards. And they were going, oh, no because they don't really think there's anything good about themselves. Mm-hmm. So then they start, I start with like easy words, like funny or sporty or whatever. And then as it goes, then they start to remember, you know what? I am artistic. I am, you know, athletic. I am smart. I and one girl, my young nurse, Kelly, she said, when I started with her, she said to me, she said, I'm hardworking. I said, no. I said, Kelly, you're dedicated. It means the same mm-hmm. thing, doesn't it? But dedicated, it, she smiled so big when I said, because I said, you have to be dedicated to be a nurse during COVID and in recovery. Holy God, you know? And so it's like the trifecta, I told her. So it's just a play on words. And then slowly they just build their self-esteem. And then I do think that helps with their recovery, whatever they choose to do. There's mm-hmm. two young girls, well, younger than me, the sober sisters, one's in California, one's in South Carolina, they do zoom calls. So I'll say, do you want to do a zoom call? Um, you know, if somebody needs a coach, I'll set them up with different coaches that I know that I trust. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and I just give them as much information to help them make the journey easy, mm-hmm. you know? And 
quite honestly, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm overloaded with work, but it's a good, it's all good. Yeah. And I like the, the non-judgmental aspect. I mean, yeah. it's the same way that I am. It's like, whatever works for you, do it. And also if you make a mistake, I don't believe in this four years and you, you make one mistake and you go back to day one. That's not my concept. For me, I believe it's four days less, four years less a day. That's it. Like, let's not go negative. You feel bad enough. I'm not going to make you feel worse. Right. <laughs> I just don't believe in that. I, I, now, I don't see 12 step program. I have a 12 step program. I have a problem with that, but <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, like, honestly, I think too, the other thing about recovering out loud, uh, I think is important that everybody knows that, you know, they don't, I've met so many people, especially in the last four years and they go, you don't drink? And I go, no. Oh, they go, oh, thank God. I, I don't drink either. Well, how are you going to do this? I go, what do you mean? How am I going to do this? I, I just say, I'm not drinking. And, I, and they said, what do you do if you go to a wedding, to a party? I said, I don't tell drink. them, I'm, ne- I'm never going to miss another memory. And that's it. And they love it. You know, then they feel like, wow, she, she has a party and she's got like non-alcoholic booze. She's got booze. She's got everything. And, and I talk about it. For me, it's not an option, period. And I'm not shy to say it. Yeah. So it opens the door, right? For others to be able to share. Yeah. It's that commitment. You know, we commit, we commit to this and I'm going to, I won't use or drink no matter what. No, there doesn't have to be anything that I have to use or drink over. No. And what do we, you know, we have, I would have so much to lose. I think because my life is, I feel that I've gained happiness. My recovery has given me happiness yeah. more than anything else. And, you know, like there was an article written about us here in, in Montreal. And we're known like in the United States and Europe very mm-hmm. a lot, but not so much here in Montreal. We're starting to. And so uh, the article, the, the caption on the front page of the newspaper said she went sober for her son. And my mother, being 84 years old, was like, oh, my God, what are my friends going to say, you know? Because I've been telling them all this time, you never had a problem. And I said, Mom, if they read the article, and when you opened it to the next page and read the article, it said she's an ambassador for sobriety. And it was a different context she took it, right? But even my own mother was, until her friends called, they're all the next day saying, oh, that's fantastic. She owns it. You know, my daughter didn't drink. I stopped drinking or my husband stopped and the conversation exploded, you know, but she was worried at first. She was worried that I would be judged, you know, so we got to take that away. hundred percent. I mean, the truth is everybody's got problems. I mean, that's the, yeah. you know, like it's, it's really funny for me. Cause like, you know, you got the workaholic, right? The workaholic yeah. that has all the same consequences as the substance abuser, except for tissue dependencies. The only difference. And we encourage that. We support that. Oh, great, man. You just, you know, you're fantastic. You're a supporter, you know, but that's a behavioral addiction, right? Yeah. I mean, it, everybody's got something they do compulsively, <laughs> you know. Listen, look at all the disorders that there are, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, eating, uh, you know, like you said, working too much. But people say, oh, she's a shopaholic. Everybody laughs. They think that's quite cute, don't they? Yeah. Right. right? 
So yeah. it's quite funny that they could say that, you know, you could lose your home. You could lose all kinds of stuff being a shopaholic. But nobody quite sees it the same way as when they say you're an alcoholic, do they? True. You know, yeah. like it's so yeah. we have to change that. We have yeah. to make it, you know, and I hate these like, you know, um, our merchandise that we sell. We give back to a place called the Douglas Foundation. Mm. And, um, you know, there is a psych ward and people say psych wards, which I hate because I find it so 1950s. Let's get out of this 1950s nonsense. Sure. And and. It's a place to heal. It's a place yeah. to heal. It's a place to get better. And it's a place to, to finally realize your own worth yeah. and, and get a good life. Look, you, you know, know what so- I say all the time is that for those of us that have substance abuse problems, we're the luckiest people in the world. We are. And we can actually become better and healthier than the people that don't have those problems because we have more pain. I mean, think about this. The more pain we have the greater the lessons, we, we sit down and we say, you know, I'm going to work on my self-esteem today. Yeah. Who does that? <laughs> you know, and, and that's what I, I always try to reinforce that is like, you guys are the luckiest people in the world. You know, you've had enough pain to slap you in the face. And now you get to say, you know what, now I'm going to become the greatest person I can be. And we work on things those other people don't. And quite honestly, we are the most sensitive people, I think, also, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. So we care. We, when we care, we care, like, you know, probably way too much. But you know what? What a gift, you know, yeah. to be able to care yeah. and not be a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know what? And, and you, I mean, I think you're kind of on the right track, too, with the, you know, we do have a lot of caring. We have a lot of feelings, maybe more so than other people, which is also why we delved into substances because we didn't yep. want to have that to deal with all that crap. <laughs> you know, it's not crap, but that's the way we saw it then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so, and, and the truth is, you know, I, and I tell people this too, is that, you know, welcome to life. Cause you know, when you do get clean and sober, you, you are going to, you know, welcome. You're just reborn because now you get to feel, but you got to learn to deal with it and you got to learn to embrace them, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, and that I think with, you know, those of us that do this is that's courage. I mean, we we're courageous because, you know, we are going to walk into this and walk through it and feel, and not run from it anymore. You know. And and you know the the saddest thing for me that I see is when people actually drink or or you know um, do drugs to forget about all these things. It's still there the next day, right? Yeah. You, you oh yeah. It, it didn't it didn't go away. So you know what? And you just feel worse. So. Yeah. Oh no, not only did they not go away, they've gotten bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you've gotten a few more problems 90% of the time, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's why it is important, you know, there's I, I think there's a lot of discipline, you know, that we have to have, you know, in recovery. When problems come, we deal with them. We don't push them aside, you know, because then they stack, you know. Yeah. Stack exactly. them up. We get frustrated. We have to learn to live with balance which I think is very, very important. Um, I, and again, I struggle with like balance is probably one of the things I struggle with the most because I do so many different things that I do fail sometimes to give myself that quiet and relaxation time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I have but, to say, I, I'm pretty bad at that too sometimes. So <laughs> that's, uh, you know, I was, you know, when people feel overwhelmed, it's usually their life's out of balance somewhere. Well, um, and, and I think too, you yeah. know, it's, it's like what you say, when you, when you're really feeling the feeling, you know, it's, it's tough. Right. And it's, yeah. it's not always pretty. And, and, and life is hard right now with, COVID, with sickness, with, you know, getting older, with our family members, with not seeing people, with political situations. There's all kinds of problems right now. So, you know, it's not easy. And a lot of people are alone. Yeah. And that's based on perspective too, you know, on how you look at it, you know, and how you view it. And, you know, for me, like I, I looked at this COVID situation, the lockdowns, this gave me time to be creative. You know, this gave me time to do things that I'd been putting, putting aside, you know, that I should have been doing before that I pushed aside. (laughs) And, uh, and so now I had an opportunities to do these things. So it's, it's all about perspective, you know? Yeah. Because for many families, like my family, we sat down together and had dinner, like so many evenings that we hadn't done in years. Cause Mm -hmm. one's going to the gym, one's going here, one's going there. You know, you're working late or you're doing whatever. And and for us, you know, we really reconnected, mm-hmm. which was good. Yeah. yeah. Do you have problems or do you have opportunities, right? Exactly. And that's the other thing I say to people often. You know, there are problems. But let's find, if somebody keeps telling you about a problem, let's try and find the, the solution. Let's not mm-hmm. talk about the problem. Let's say, okay. If that's what's bugging you, how do we fix it? Where do we go? What can I do to help you? And, you know, I, I really think, you know, and, and always try to see the positive side of, of things because there is a way, you know, there is a way with words to, 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 to make yourself feel better and, and, yeah. and realize, you know, uh, how great we are. And I think people have a lot of problems admitting that, you know, there's, the qualities they have or they forget, mm-hmm. you know, and come on, people yeah. should, you know, think about how great they are or what they could do or what they could accomplish. It's not just because you're a CEO of some company that you're so damn great. No, you know, like there's, you've got qualities and the world needs you because you are unique, right? Yeah. Cause how boring would it be if everybody was the same? Oh, My yeah. God. That would suck. That would really suck. Exactly. <laughs> I had a professor one time. She was gosh, such a great lady. And uh, she, she had said this thing one time. She was like positive paranoia. Uh-huh. You know, and you're kind of thinking about positive paranoia. What does that mean? You know, well, paranoia is the world's out to get me. Yeah. Positive paranoia is the world's out to give to me. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. I'm so stealing that one. Oh. <laughs> But oh, it's such a brilliant. it's such a cool concept because again, going back to perspective, you know, the things that I I'm a I'm a teacher, but I'm a student. And as long as I remain a student, I'm always going to learn things. I learn from you. I learn from my student. I, I learn from my clients a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And I tell them that too. I said, you know, I'm a teacher, but I'm a student also. Because I, I I'll tell you, I love it when sometimes a client will say something and you're just like, oh my god, I never thought of it that way, mm-hmm. you know. Like that is good. It happens all the time, you know, and, um, and the world's out to give to me, you know, so every, you know, I can, if I can find lessons and things, if I can find, you know, something that's a positive, um, then it's worth it. 
Well, and I think too that what the other thing I gained in 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 not drinking was I was always afraid to say I didn't understand or I didn't get it, you know. And now I realize if I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong bloody room, you know. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with me saying, you know, I don't get it. Explain it to me. How do you see this? You know, like because if you can learn something, why not, right? And I was always so shy that you know. Why wasn't I a doctor? Why wasn't I a, an accountant or whatever, you know, I should have been as far as my parents were concerned. You know what? This is who I am and this is what I do well, helping others. So mm-hmm. that's my gift. And that, you know what? When I started doing that, that's when my life got happy. Yeah. And I think others can find their, their passion and their gift and, you know, find happiness too. Yeah. Get rid of all the woulda, coulda, shouldas, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had didn't. that for a long didn't. time. <laughs> I know. Woulda, coulda, like, shoulda, oh. but you didn't. You know? <laughs> I know, I know. And you know what? Now looking back, I think, you know what? Everything that's happened has happened has brought me here. And what a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, that's, you know, for me too. I mean, all of my experiences in my life, you know, I was, you know, we could say like, there's nothing you've ever done that made you who you are. So you're not your actions, right? You know, cause like we can say we've done bad things, but that doesn't make me bad. And so no, there's nothing that ever, you know, I'd ever done that makes me who I am, but it did help shape me because of all the lessons I can gain. And I love who I am today. Yeah. And so I can appreciate all of that stuff, all those bad choices I made. Because and, now- and I, Yeah. And I think for me too, the thing is, you know, it took me to be 60 years old to say I am enough and honestly, really believe it. Like not just, you know, over the past eight years, I've been helping people with these affirmations and yes, 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 yes. But it took me till 60. I don't want people to wait till they're 60 to realize how great they are. You know, you know, yeah, life is precious. Life is precious. Right. We can figure it out now. Yeah. wherever you are, Hopefully. whatever exactly. age you're at, you know? Yeah. And we, you know, and we won't judge. We won't judge, you know, just keep coming back as many times as you have to, to get yeah. it right. Right. Yeah. That's my thing. You know, I have some young mothers that are still struggling, but every so often they touch base and, you know, they're trying again. And, you know, one time it's going to work. It's going to work. It's just, let's keep trying. Mm-hmm. And I really believe in that. I really do. Yeah. I can't stand the judgment, you know, of people, Uh, I mean, you know, if you relapse, I mean, that's choices you made, that's on you, you know, Um, we're here for you and, uh, you know, reach out and we'll help you. And if you do it again, reach out again. And and I feel too, that I say to people when they tell me they made a mistake and they're sad and they're pissed off and they're this and they're that. And I said, if it was me that I telling you that I relapsed, what would you say to me? And they go, well, I wouldn't say that. I, I said, well, <laughs> why are you saying it to yourself? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so I want to ask you, um, well, I always like to ask this real quick. Is, um, is there something that we haven't talked about that you do want to talk about? Well, uh, I think, you know, just that mental illness and, and you know, sobriety, um, go hand in hand. And we really, really, really have to check in with others and really not send a text message and leave it at that. Like really honestly check in and, and, and take better care of each other and ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we're going to, you know, I think this world is becoming a better place just with others knowing that we're not going to judge them. And, you know, they, we are a safe place for them to come and talk. And, you know, we understand, you know, nobody's perfect. And that's what I really say to most people. Yeah. You know, I'm 61. I've never met a perfect person. So and if you have, good for you. But <laughs> I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to judge you. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, we live in a society that loves loves to judge a book by its cover. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I just think that if the world would look at how kind somebody is or, you know, I see a lot of, you know, when I used to work, I used to walk uh, downtown Montreal in, at 630 in the morning. And I would give a lot of food to the homeless and whatever. And I remember one time bringing coats because it's very cold in Montreal. And mm-hmm. one young girl said to me, oh, I have a coat. I, I said, well, this one looks a bit warmer. She said, no, no, no. But she said, um, my friend doesn't have a coat. Would you wait 10 minutes for me to go get my friend? Like she could have taken the coat. She could have sold it. She could have done anything with it. Right. But there she was freezing cold. And she went to get her friend. You know, mm-hmm. and I thought, God bless her heart. Like she, yeah. that's like a little angel, right? Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Why don't we see more of that, you know? Yeah. And I have to say that when I was working and I would see the younger generation, they would give half their sandwich to a lot of people on the street. Um, you know, I, I remember somebody telling me, you have no gloves. I said, well, I just gave them to a young girl. And she said, oh, I'm going to do the same thing. You know, people giving socks to the homeless so that their feet weren't cold. Mm-hmm. It's not really that complicated. And it doesn't have to be expensive or big, big acts of kindness. Small acts of kindness will will help somebody. Yeah. And that's really, you know, whether you're addicted or not, or, you know, just get on being happy and being kind. <laughs> yeah, it'll go a long way. And I believe in karma. I do. I do. I believe in karma. I believe when you're good, it comes back. And, you know, my life is so full with everybody who I've met. I feel honored every mm-hmm. day now. Let's yeah. worry about that, helping each other and, you know, yeah. <laughs> making this <laughs> yeah. the world a little bit easier for one another. That was the whole, that was the whole reason that Lona and I started that show, Walk a Mile in My Shoes, because it was based on yeah. the premise of, you know, bringing understanding and we looked at hate and we're obviously, we talk a lot of, about a lot of very controversial stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and, and I have to say, listen, I had, you know, I've known people that were homosexual and lesbians when I was younger and, mm-hmm. and I'm very careful of how I speak. And, you know, I have different young girls that are in my, my world that I consider my daughters and that are married to their partners. And before I went on Lorna's show, I, I called them and I was very nervous. What do I say? I don't want to say anything wrong. I want to be respectful. I, you know, I, I looked up all kinds of articles. The more I looked up, the more I was nervous. I got, you know, like so confused and they just laughed. And so did Lauren. I, he, he said, Kim, you're the most loving person. Why? You know, he, yeah. all you, you, you portray is love is love. And you know, who cares? Every, that's the least everybody deserves is to love and be loved. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it, and Lona, Lona is definitely the, um, it's like perfect, he's perfect for my show, for our show, because he doesn't let nothing get to him, you know, uh, things don't really bother him in that aspect, you know, he's a very strong person. Um, and, and that's going to be great for younger people and yeah. other people that need to share. Yeah. And for us too, for our, you know, like, 
the, the part in recovery that, you know, if that's why they were in drugs or alcohol, because they couldn't say who they were, it's mm-hmm. okay to be who you are, you yeah. know? And we got to learn to laugh at ourselves. Yes. My that's, God, when yeah. you, that's when you find the freedom. Yeah. You know, we can laugh at ourselves. So I always want to ask, um, I always like to ask is um, if you were to give a message to those out there suffering, what would you say? I would have to say you are so worthy of a good life. You deserve happiness. And we're here and we are non-judgmental. And trust me, you can do this. Yeah. You can. Yeah, I've said many times, I say, you know, that for those out there suffering, I love you because I know oh, yeah. you don't hear that much. Oh, that's true. That's, yeah. that's very good too. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, thank you so much. Hey, I want to thank you really for doing this. Um, Listen, I'm so honored because if anybody, I know I talk too much and I get so passionate <laughs> because I just want the world to know, you know, like you said, we are good people. Yeah. We are, you know, um, kind and we are worthy of, you know, having a good life. And so are they. So yeah. let's do this. Yeah. And we all have faults. I mean, that's the, yeah. you know, like what you said before, none of us are perfect. We all have faults. And, and, uh, and that's why if we can kind of get away from the embarrassment, you know, and just come forward and just share and just be you and just, uh, you know, be who you are. And that's what I impress upon because life gets easier that way. Yeah, to, and uh, you know. and if you're if you can recover, also not you know that's going to help you moving forward too to achieve your goals. You yeah. know, and you'll ha- you'll get that sense of pride back, and I yeah. think that's the biggest thing that they can get is that sense of pride when they do stop, yeah, using or drinking or whatever, and and get help for mental health because you know what. We're all just trying to, to survive and, and be happy, right? Yeah. Just do the best we can through life, you know? Feel good. Yeah. Again, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to High Wall Clean. And as I always like to say, keep getting high, but let's do it clean. <laughs>